Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. So let's get going. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your hosts, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell and Corey Frank of Uncommon Pro. follow-up to last week's Market Dominance Guys podcast, Your Salespeople are Brain Surgeons, Chris and Corey have another conversation with Connect and Sell's Customer Success Manager, Donnie Crawford, about using the telephone plus your beliefs to gain market dominance. First things first, they discuss how to get prospects on the phone who are most likely to set a meeting with you. It sounds like a numbers game. More dialing equals more people picking up the phone, which equals more meetings set right? But as every sales rep knows, you can lead a prospect to the conversation, but you can't make them link you to their calendar. That rate of success is fairly low. In his experience calling on prospects, though, Donnie discovered an amazing way to increase the dial-to-meeting conversion rate. Make more calls to people on your follow-up list. He found out that if at first you don't succeed, call, call, call again. Wait till you hear what his success rate is, and then listen to the story Chris tells about follow-up calls, which corroborates Donnie's experience. Donnie also shares the most important key for success in a cold call, and then he lists for you all the other ingredients in his proven recipe for successful conversations with prospects, one of which is his practice of listening to his own recorded cold calls to hone his ability to sound human. As Corey says in the wind-up to this interview, What we've got here is another great, fantastic episode of the Market Dominance, guys. We sure do. Join us for this episode. Never, never, never retire a follow-up call. So there are some weird sub-lists that are out there, but you're right, Donnie. I mean, the big question is, do they trust you? And if you handle the first seven seconds of the first conversation right, they trust you for the rest of their life. And it's not a voluntary thing unless you blow it. (laughs) Well, that's true. And we talked about that many times uh, about the trust. I'm I'm curious about, let's talk some turkey here on some actual conversion rates, right? Just kind of ballpark conversion rates here, uh, Donnie, of what you've seen from maybe dialed a meeting. So implementing this practice, Mm -hmm. right? If I didn't, if I'm an average inside sales leader on the street, and maybe I use a dialer, maybe I don't. Um, maybe I use connect and sell, maybe I don't. I'm probably in the what dial to meeting range, would you say? Just kind of an at rest average inside sales team. Uh, Chris, would you say probably somewhere in the, the 500 to 700 dials to get a meeting range? Yeah, it's pretty normal to see five, you know, 500's a, a reasonable cold number. Yeah, that's what I would I would say. Maybe a little bit higher for, you know, tougher gets if you know if your yeah. if your persona or ICP is higher. And then my contact conversion rate, right? For every hundred people I talk to, for instance, on a given day, what should I expect? Four, five? I don't know. Maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. What do you generally see? I would say the the less trained sales rep who is kind of on their own doing what feels comfortable is on average going to set meetings around maybe 3% of the time on a first conversation. First conversation. 4%. Mm-hmm. The well-trained, the well-honed-in, skilled 
cold caller, the person who's having those initial conversations, I think that can rise up to five to seven, seven to nine percent for a first conversation. Mm -hmm. But for a first conversation, most of the time, the majority of the time, probably 90 out of 10, you know, 100 conversations are just, they're not going to turn into a meeting that first conversation. And it's okay. Everyone needs to be okay with that. And then, so what have you seen after you go through the flight school, have to kind of implement this process that I love the fact that a lot of it was uh, was implemented under duress. You had this sort of Damocles plan hanging over to you, all the best ideas, right? Um, I had a friend, all the best ideas come from being in the vicinity of porcelain, right? <laughs> in the bathroom, in the shower, or wherever, right? And I, the, the second best ideas come under duress, under stress when, and it sounds like, you know, this concept of the follow-ups here, what have you seen from some of the ratios, some of the ranges of a conversation percentage when, you know, you have a proud graduate student of the Donnie Crawford Academy, what can I expect to see? Do you know what's nice is that you can almost break it down to the the actual follow-up number. So on a first conversation, if you're scheduling at about a 5% rate, then you can almost expect that the second conversation itself will be around a 10 to 11% rate to Mm -hmm. schedule meetings on just the second conversation with the prospects that you're reaching. On the third conversation, so if you actually happen to be able to get a second follow-up in there, you're gonna convert at around a 16% rate on a third conversation with the prospect. So with those numbers, I don't wanna lead the witness here, but for Chris and Dottie, is that a great equalizer? Even if I'm a rep that maybe struggles with my empathy, my pitch, my messaging, the fact that I am still following this process, right? You don't, you don't have to sell it. You don't have to be a Tony Award-winning actor on stage to sell it. Just following this methodology, I'm going to see a 3x from what I would if I was just purely calling cold. Three-X conversation to meeting conversion, you'll see, yeah. a nine, you'll see a nine-X dial to meeting conversion. And the reason is you'll be calling on a bucket that's three times more likely to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Exponentially. So, so I actually had a customer who called me once, and uh, they're a very important customer, a customer I just signed a deal with yesterday for uh, something that had a fair number of commas and some zeros and stuff like that. And... I felt good about it at the end of the day. And it made me think back to very early in our relationship where we'd done a little tiny deal with them and we were just a few weeks into it. And I got a call from a guy who reported directly to the boss who's who's uh, the son of the person whose name is on the company. And, and uh, he said, uh, you got to get up here. I said, why? He said, well, t- we'll tell you when you get up here. So I jumped on a plane in San Jose and I got off in the, the, the appropriate city and went over to the place and was ushered into a boardroom where I got to sit for a little while, you know, kind of cool off. Then a bunch of people came in, none of whom were on my team, all of whom were acting pretty serious. And finally the big guy came in and he sat down and he said, you lied to us. And I, I said, well, so I'm curious. <laughs> which which one of my many lies I, I chose to tell you. <laughs> and he said, it was a big one. It was a big one. You told us we would get three times lift on follow-up calls. And I said, well, from what I'm seeing, you're getting about 3.4 times. And he said, no, we're not. We pay for dials. 
-hmm. We're getting nine times lift. Why didn't you tell us? We would have focused harder on it. And the reason <laughs> we called you up here is to get a detailed step-by-step -step instruction manual on how to make maximum use of follow-ups, creating them and using them and maybe retiring them. I said, I don't have to talk to you about the third one. You never retire them. Never do. So all I had to do was have you come to Scottsdale and show me that manual. That's all I had to do. When I all had you had to do was allow me to fulfill the request I made to come to Scottsdale <laughs> manual instead of borrowing the door. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. I bought the technology and I knew what I was doing, Chris. I didn't need a stinking training school. Come on, you know, it's it's oh. my uh, no, when the master, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So I was waiting for him to get up here. But what are you going to do? <laughs> Donnie so, could have shut up. You would have listened to him. Yes. I, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So that's amazing. So three and nine X times. So now, obviously, if I do all the other things that we've talked about market dominance, guys, such as um, empathy and tonality and screenplay writing, um, and I implement the logistical processes of uh, uh, Donnie uh, Crawford here that I can obviously expect to get some, some pretty impressive numbers and getting out of the gates in Q1, it seems to me that this isn't a really complex, there's not many barriers to entry to actually start doing this. It's not like I need to do a lot of plumbing, correct? To do, to do blitz and coach, there's no plumbing, right, Donnie? What's the plumbing? Do you have an Excel file? And, and are you willing yeah. to spend an hour with, you know, to be annoyed by Chris Beal for an hour in order to get to the point where you finally believe in his breakthrough script approach? Is that it? Yeah, I think he, exactly. I think you have to, you have to narrow down on what truly valuable thing are you offering this person you're reaching out to for the first time. And uh, if you break it down, we've heard Chris talk about it a lot. There's three values. If we could touch it, if we can find those three values, economic, emotional, and, and strategic value that we're bringing to the marketplace, um, and we can just clearly identify that in simple to use words and just a very simple phrase and say it with belief and believe in the, the value of the meeting that we're going to you know, set up with this, this organization, then yeah, there's no plumbing. If you can figure out that thing that you're offering the marketplace that's a breakthrough, and then you have a list of people that you need to tell all about this, and you're excited to do it, and you have the belief and the sincerity in your voice, and a little bit of skill, right? The little bit of skill is, is, is actually not what you have to begin with. The skill comes when listening back to your own recordings of these calls, because I don't know. When I listen to myself, I'm like, oh, why the freak did I say it that way? Right. And then the next time I, I deliver it, I'm not going to say it that way anymore. I'm going to I'm going to practice it and listen to myself and I'm going to hear how I'm coming across. And do I sound human? You know, that's what I need to actually get across. 
And you can learn that in one blitz. Absolutely. You listen to yourself and you're like, oh, freak, that was horrible. The next time you come to the next blitz and you're calling those same people, delivering the same value prop to them, you're going to be able to say it in so much more. Uh, we actually have organizations who are doing blitzes and by their third blitz, they're solidly, they've increased from about the 5% conversion rate. And now like some of our customers and that I've worked with, I mean, they're setting meetings on first conversations around 15%, 17% we've seen sometimes mm-hmm. just because they truly believe in it and they have that natural way of interacting with someone that they've learned after a few blitzes. It's really pretty remarkable. By the way, I'm going to make an analogy here that both you guys will understand and I won't, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you guys both been to church once or twice, right? Uh Yeah, just checking. And think about it. When you think about believing and the key to success in sales is believing in the value of what you're offering and what you're selling here is a meeting. So you have to believe in the put in the mat in the potential value of this meeting, not certain value, right? Little there's a little faith here, potential value of the meeting for this human being you're speaking with, whether or not you ever move forward and do business with them. When you really believe that, this whole thing becomes very, very easy. And think about the setting of church. It's a lot easier to believe when you go to church and it's full of other people than it is when you go to church all by yourself. You go all by yourself, it's a little tricky to have it not be a building. But when you go with a whole bunch of other people, it's actually a little tricky just to have it be a building. Yeah. That's mm. great. Mm-hmm. And that's what you That's what these blitzes do, I believe, is they allow us to believe together. And that belief shows up in our voice. And this is the ultimate surfer's question. And I'll I'll switch from surfing to rock climbing and and show an example of a power of belief. So there was a rock climbing problem that I used to work on at the end of Campbell Avenue in Tucson, Arizona, off the north end. There's a little thing called Campbell Crag. And there's a very obscure part of it that had a very obscure problem that very few people would attempt because it was so ridiculous. And I would go over there every single time when I showed up. As soon as I was warmed up, I'd walk over there and try this thing. And I would fall off at exactly the same point. This went on for two and a half years. And I went out there probably five times a week. I never got past this point. And then one day, I was on my way over there and I realized there was a line. That is, there was one guy at the bottom already. I didn't know him, never seen him before. And he blazed up this thing. I did not learn one thing technically from him, but I did learn one thing from him. It could be climbed. (laughs) And I blazed up it like nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he he watched and said, oh, you've done this before. And I said, well, kind of, you know. Just never pass this point, right? <laughs> never pass this point, right? Belief drive belief inside of yourself drives the opportunity for belief, which is the foundation for change inside of another. And when we sell what we're asking for, what we're hoping for, what we're we've sincerely want is for another person to change in a way that's useful for them. Hmm. And until we believe. They won't believe it. And it's hard to believe when you're alone. There's a show on TV called Naked and Afraid. After the third day on Naked and Afraid, nobody believes anything except bugs are really bad and they're getting hungry. I mean, it's, you know, but if you remove one of the two people on that, they tap out, as they say, 
the other person generally just folds up after a day or so because they don't have anybody to sustain their belief that they're going to make it for those 21 days. Well, how did you do it then, Donnie? Again, if you have this plan, you, you know, this great sales leader that you had who kind of poked his stubby finger in your chest to say, listen, I'm going to get it out of you. I Very didn't... skinny finger, by the way. Skinny finger. Okay, gotcha. Like a Mr. Burns. The worst. Oh, my goodness. He was too fit. I mean, it was just kind of ridiculous. Oh, so that's <laughs> gotcha. So, but, you know, he, so he believed in you when you didn't believe in you. Sure. And this process that, that you used, did the process give you belief? And then that compounded to the point where now it was a switch versus a dial. Let's talk a little bit about how this, you know, this epiphany kind of happened yeah. for you. I think that the act of sandbagging follow-ups to Thursdays, if we're returning back to that experience, sandbag. I'm saying I could have called these people on Mondays and Tuesdays and probably set meetings, but it wasn't going to be financially beneficial to me during the blitz if I set meetings on Wednesday instead of Thursday, right? So I literally, like in the truest sense, sandbagged these follow-up calls to Thursdays where I would get a, a better advantage, right? A better outcome. And I think that doing that, well, actually, I know. I know that putting a large bucket together of people that I was going to be incredibly comfortable talking to because I had talked to them before, the cold call feels uncomfortable. Like, I like it. I, I don't mind it just because I know exactly how to manipulate people's minds, right? So when I get into a first conversation, I'm so good at it and I enjoy meeting new people and I know what I need to say and accomplish that I'm okay with it. But it's way more comfortable to call someone who I've already spoken to before. And my belief in the power of the follow-up when I was sandbagging on to, into my uh, blitzes became solidified in that moment because not only was I able to win the little competition and get you know some Amazon cards or whatever, but I was also able to see the concentrated effort into a follow-up list would produce a lot of meetings. And I was able to be taken off a plan after a month because I knew that I was going to produce and start overproducing even what the expectation of me was. Mm -hmm. So the belief came pretty, you know, it was a revelation, right? Type of thing that if I attack and even structure my regular calls, what the beauty of blitz is, and I, and I think I can even relate this to flight school, is that if flight school takes place on one day a week, every single week, repeating for four weeks in a row, on the first week that I'm making calls, and I find a couple people who are just you know busy on a call, they can't talk right now, they're not giving me the time of day, but I put a follow-up to next week, I can come back to my second week of calling, get a couple of those people online, and actually make something happen with a second conversation. You can actually build belief in this. Even within four weeks, you can already start seeing the production value of following up with someone. It's pretty cool. It goes through the snake as you kind of load it up, then that's where the exponent uh, occurs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. What a great story. And um, I'd love to uh, have you back again and again here, Donnie, sharing some other war stories <laughs> of uh, uh, but that these percentages that you're seeing um, the three x and the and the nine x or so on the conversation conversion rate and the dial that's pretty sexy stuff and and I think for anybody listening who wants to boost their Q1 
without an investment in the tech stack. I don't have to do any more email, no more SEO, SEM. I don't have to invest in any uh, uh, virtual trade shows. I can just uh, give uh, Donnie a call here and he can kind of walk through the process. And certainly if you want to use Connect and Sell, you kind of amplify those type of results. But I just think that's a simple process that every sales leader should be adept at, especially moving into these tougher times to get prospects. So with that, uh, this has been another great, fantastic episode of the Market Dominance Guys with Chris Beal and Corey Frank. Until next time. Thanks, Corey. Hey, Donnie. Thanks for being on. I know one customer today I talked to that wanted me to send some thanks your way too. That was a great blitz today. (laughs) I appreciate it. Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to MarketDominanceGuys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.